This message was given at Campus Fellowship's 2021 Winter Retreat in Estes Park, Colorado by Jacob Vansickle, pastor of Sacred City Church in Providence, Rhode Island. The theme of the conference was discern, how to discern God's will for your life. We hope you find this encouraging. Okay. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. This is what it says. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father, we ask you, that you would help us um, to make decisions, that you would help us to perceive things the way you perceive things, to see things the way you see things. Lord, we want to have your heart. We want to think your thoughts after you. Lord, we know to do this, we need intimacy with you. We need a knowledge of your word. We need the empowering of your spirit. And we pray that this morning, will help us take the next step towards those things. Amen. Now, I have a question for you this morning. What matters more? And I want you actually to raise your hand. After, I'm going to list three different perspectives, and I want you to raise your hand of what you think matters more. Doing what is right, doing something for the right result, or doing something for the right reason. Okay, doing what is right, doing something for the right results, or doing something for the right reason, with the, with the right motive. Okay, you ready to vote? And don't worry, nobody's going to point and laugh. At least I am not going to point and laugh, okay? Who would say doing what is right? Okay, how about right result? How about right reason? Now, if you've ever ever taken an ethics class or a philosophy class, you'll know that throughout kind of human thought, there have been three different tracks that people have thought through these questions. How do you define what is right or what is ethical? Some people throughout history have said it's all about doing what is right. The law, the command... If you want the fancy word for it, that school is called the deontological school of ethics. It's all about doing the law or the principle. The thinkers that kind of go with this are Plato and not the Plato that you play with, the Plato, Um, the Stoics, the Greek Stoics, and Immanuel Kant. They were always, it's all about the categorical imperative. That's what Emmanuel said. Whatever is in the category that is imperative, you have to do it. That's what you should do. Other schools of thought said, you know, it doesn't matter about the command. What, matter, what is more important is doing something for the right result. This school of, uh, of thought is called the teleological school. Telos means purpose. It's all about the purpose or the goal. What is the result going to be? Thinkers that fall in this camp in ancient Greece is the Epicureans. Uh, You also had 
the utilitarians are probably the most famous for it. They would say the greatest good for the greatest amount of people. That's how you decide what is right. The greatest good for the greatest amount of people. And then the last school throughout human thought is called existential ethics. It all matters. What matters, what truly matters is what is internal, what is in your heart. In ancient Greek, uh, this, these were the sophists. This was David Hume, Rousseau. Then the existentialists came. You had Kierkegaard and the rest. All looking at the heart. What really matters is being authentic to yourself, to your true self, and having good motives. Now here's the question, the, the, actually way more important. What does Christianity teach? What does the Bible teach? What matters? Doing what is right? Doing something for the right result? Or doing something for the right reason? And the answer is yes. <laughs> That's the answer. God cares about all three. He cares that you do what is right. He has given commands. He has given laws. And he cares that you do what is right. He also cares about the result. He wants to see things happen. He has actual goals in this world. And he cares about your motives. He cares about what's going on in your heart deeply. And the reason why I wanted to read Matthew 28, one, it's like it's as Jesus is ascending into heaven after he resurrects, it's his last thing that he tells his disciples. It's a pretty important passage when it comes to purpose and directing our lives. But one of the other reasons is that it shows us these three perspectives. So think of the first one, command. What command does he give? It says, go, make disciples. Okay, go, make disciples. Teach them and baptize them. Okay? Four general commands, or you could just lump it all into one command, go, okay? Go make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. That is what we're supposed to do. In fact, you could just decide, okay, as, as a Christian, I'm just going to get a list of all the commands that God gives in his word. I'm going to get a list of all the commands, and I'm just going to do it. That wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> just like, and that would be a lot of guidance for your life. God gives things that he wants people to do, and we should do them. But it's not just the command that he gives. He also gives a purpose, a goal. He has a goal in mind. What is the goal? To all nations. The goal is to go to all nations. Now, if he said, go to all left-handed people, okay, same command, but different purpose, different goal, would that shape the way we live it out? Certainly, you know, it's like in, in evangelism, we'd be going out and we'd see someone writing with their left hand and we would just pounce, you know, it's like, because that's the goal, reach all left-handed people, you know. But that's not the goal. It's to reach all nations. So this is, this is what that, the implications of that. If we reached all of America, we were like 99.9%. .9%, you're like, you know, when was the last time you met an unbeliever? I don't know. I, was, 
I've heard about them. I thought they were like unicorns. You know, it's like, we, and we've reached America. Would it be done? No, it would not be done. The mission would not be done because it's not to America. It's to all nations, all people groups, all cultures around the globe. That's, that's the goal. That's where we're aiming. God cares about the results. But God doesn't just care about the results. He cares about what motivates us, what drives us. We're not commanded just to go. We're commanded to therefore go. Or in some translations, go therefore. And what is the therefore? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus says that. All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. What a motive. So in evangelism, we're not going out and saying, hey, you want to join the rebellion? <laughs> you know, you want to join this like secret club? We're going out and saying, no, you're in rebellion. God rules. God rules over this thing, and you're on the wrong team. You're on the wrong side. Come over here. And this is out of all humility, because it's not our team. <laughs> it's not our team. It's his team. Come and join what he is doing in this world. Come believe in him and what he has done. That is our motive. God rules. And to make sure that that sinks in, the last thing he says to his disciples is truly I'll be with you always even to the end of the age. I don't only rule over all of this thing. I don't only have authority over all of this thing. I will be with you. So we can go out, God, I am motivated. I just want to see your rule realized in this world and I do it knowing you will be with me. You will be with me. You will be with me. A heart beats at that. You're with me. You're with me. You're with me. God cares about commands. He cares about goals. And he cares about motives. What we're going to do this morning is we're going to do kind of like a workshop. I'm going to give you uh, something to think about and give you some time to write it out. And then we're going to come back, give you a few more things to think about, and write it out. So the first thing I want you to do is I want you to write down a decision that you need to make. A decision that you need to make. And this decision needs to be important. Okay, it can't, not, it can't be... Like, I, I know I need a new shirt. What shirt should I buy? You know, it's like, what brand of toothpaste should I get? It has to be an important decision, okay? It has to be important. It has to be in the near future. It has to be important, and it also has to be in the near future. I'm thinking like four or five years at least in the near future. It cannot be, where should I retire? You know, I, I know I'm going to be wearing white shoes, but where should I wear white shoes, okay? I know I'm going to probably golf a lot, but where should I golf a lot? No, it's, it needs to be a decision that's in the near future that will actually impact your present 
to a degree. I know retirement might maybe impact your, your present decisions. Um, but in the near future, four or five years. So here, here are a few examples. What career should I choose? What career? That, that would be something. You know, a lot of you are about to graduate or just have just graduated. You're thinking about transitioning. What career path should I choose? Who should I marry? Or should I pursue so-and-so? Okay, that, that could be in the next four or five years. Um, another, should I be a missionary? Should I get on the track to try to go overseas as a missionary? Should I pursue vocational ministry? Should I start a business? Should I go to grad school? Where should I move? Okay, all of these could be in the near future for a lot of you. Okay, I want you to write it down. What's your big decision that you need to wrestle through? Write it down. I'll give you one minute. What we're going to do now is we're going to look at that decision from those three perspectives. And what we need to see is, this might, you know, we talked about anxiety and stress and the, the anxiety and stress of decisions. This might make things even worse. But you have to see that in that decision, there are 24 different ways of making that decision. <laughs> okay? So he, here's, here's a, little, a little graph. Okay, can you see that? It's a little bit hard to see. So column number one, you have action. What is the command? What are you doing? Column number two, you have your motive. Okay? And you can either have a right or wrong action, and you can either have a right or wrong motive. And the third column is the result. You can have a good result, or you can have a bad result. Okay? You have 24 options, every decision. <laughs> every single thing that you, for every person represented here, as you wrote it down, there are 24 options. So here are a few examples. The ideal, obviously, would have the right action, with the right motive and a good result, right? Wouldn't that be great if every single decision that we wrote down, right action, right motive, good result. But you can have different options. Another option would be when helping hurts. I'm, I'm sure some of you have read the book, When Helping Hurts. It's all about how charities go out and they do good things. It's, it's not like they're, you know, taking sledgehammers to kneecaps or something, <laughs> something horrible. They're doing like good things and they're doing it with a good motive to actually help people, but it actually hurts. The result actually doesn't help when helping hurts. Another example would be self-glory. You might do the right thing. You might have good results, but your heart is completely off. You're doing it for your own glory. Another example would be like Robin Hood. Okay, your right motive, good result, but you really shouldn't steal from the poor to give to, or steal from the rich to give to the poor. You know, the action is a little bit off. <laughs> it's like, so you see how you could, every decision could follow, and we could give different examples for each of the 24 different types of decision. But the goal, the goal on the wall, the target on the wall, is the right action with the right motive with a good result. So first, right action right action. Look at your decision. What command is that decision obeying? What command from the Bible 
is it obeying? Or what command is it not disobeying? Okay, so if you're like, oh man, I wrote steel stuff, <laughs> okay? Um, it's like, oh, I have to scratch that out now. That doesn't, that doesn't fly. You know, what command is it not obeying? So, for example, you say, you're like, should I be a nurse? Maybe that's your decision. Should I be a nurse? An example of a command that it's obeying that is that could be an application of loving your neighbor. Have you ever been in the hospital or had a, for me, had a kid in the hospital or my wife in the hospital and you have just such a good nurse that is so helpful and so loving. It's a really vulnerable place to be. It's like, that is loving your neighbor. That's an application of loving your neighbor. Okay? Write the commands. And I want a- actual verses. If you need to like, okay, I know in somewhere in the Bible it says this, in Google, that's fine, okay? I know we said no phones, but I think Googling for that purpose would be okay, okay? But write down the commands. Uh, three minutes. Okay, I have no idea if that was three minutes. I really should have <laughs> kept track of that. Okay, now motives. We want the right action with the right motive. And I want you to write actual passages about the motivations that God has and he wants his children to have that you have or don't have in this decision. So just like if you, if you wrote steel stuff and you're like, oh man, and then you had to scratch it out, okay? Um, if you wrote down um, hurt people or <laughs> something like that, it's like hurt people by stealing stuff. You're like, oh, double wham. Okay, you, know, <laughs> you have to scratch that out too. Because what is your internal motivation for that? And how can you justify that internal motivation by Scripture? So, for example, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says that if you, have, if you do not have love, you have nothing. And it says, even if you give up your body to be burned without love, you have nothing. So it's talking about someone giving up their life for a martyr's death, like dying for the faith. And it says, without love, it's nothing. And I remember reading that in college and thinking, that's possible? You could like die a martyr's death, burned alive, and do it without love? It's possible. Or in Philippians, Paul says that there are those who preach the gospel out of envy. So we know, okay, preach the gospel, if that was the thing you wrote, preach the gospel to so-and-so, Um, If it's out of envy, wrong. What motives do you have for that decision? And what motives should you have? Three minutes, write them down. And what actual verses, write them down. Okay, again, I have no idea if that was three minutes. Okay, don't worry. You're going to have a whole hour to keep on doing this. I'm just giving you a a little taste, a little taste. The last one is motives. What motives, or excuse me, uh, purpose, goals. What goals do you have? What do you envision happening with this decision? So, for example, let's say you want to start a business. 
okay? There are a lot of passages about making money and what money does, both good and bad in the Bible. Those would be some good things to look at as far as purpose. What not to do and what to do. What purpose do you have? Or let's say you want to start a college ministry, okay? One of the reasons to look at purpose, or actually to look at all of these things, is it will make your goals and make your, your decisions more holistic. So let's say you're, making a co- or you're starting a college ministry, and you're like, okay, well, we want to have favor with the administration. We want to introduce people to the idea of Jesus. Maybe some people are just so closed off, just considering Jesus would be a good first step. We want people to believe in Jesus. We want to have a good community. We want to get our name out there. You know, you have all of these goals. And it will help you to see, okay, which one's most important? It will help you see, oh, these goals are holistic. You know, this is all a part of what we're shooting for. What goals do you have in your decision? Okay, and what scripture justifies those goals? And just like the other ones, I want you to be honest with yourself. What actual goals do you have? Okay, and do they line up with scripture? A few minutes, I don't know, two minutes. <laughs> okay, there are a few reasons to do this, okay, a few reasons. The first one is it helps you see where you're at when it comes to biblical decision-making. Some of you, I understand, again, someone threw a Bible at you, threw, in the, threw you in the car, and here you are in Colorado at a Christian conference, and this is your first thing ever, okay? It's like, you should not feel bad at all, that you're like, well, no idea. That's okay. That's why you're here. It's just to learn, okay, what, what does God say about reality? That's, you're in a good place. In fact, you're in a much better place than a lot of the people here. Because I know some of you, if you were like me, growing up in a Christian home, heard a lot of Bible verses, and if I looked at my decisions and were asked the same questions, I'd be like, wow, I don't have as much ammunition as I thought I would have. Or I haven't been thinking in these categories at all. And that's, this whole thing is, is meant to expose that a little. If you know, you might make the same decision. You might look at that decision and it stays exactly the same. But if it changes the way you view that decision, that is a huge win. A huge win. The second reason to do this is it helps you to make this decision in community. So what we're going to do is you're going to go out and you're going to do it... uh, like look over these things and look at Bible passages and write them out for an hour and then you're going to get back together with your group. So make sure you know where your group is going before you go out into the wilderness or whatever, okay? You're going to get back and you're going to talk about what you learned. Now I'm going to say something. Do not talk about the specifics of the decisions, okay? And the reason for that is it will muddy the water when it comes to the principles, the principles are the most important thing, okay? Not necessarily the application. The principles are more important than the application. And also, it could get really weird, okay? <laughs> if you're like, I'm thinking about asking out Sarah. <laughs> and you just like lock eyes. It, it's like, it could get really weird really fast, okay? So 
talk through as a group, talk through the principles. And what will happen is someone will say, you know, I was really thinking about this verse when it comes to my internal motives, and I realized that I'm not, my motives aren't aligning with this. And another person will be like, oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like you, you write it down. Or someone's like, I, I think in making a decision, I want to obey this command. And another person will be like, I didn't even think about that command, and that applies to my decision. And you write, write it down. In community, it will help iron out a lot of those decisions. You're, you'll have an accumulative effect in making those decisions. Okay? Now, don't worry. We're going to be talking about these three different perspectives throughout the conference. So it's not going to be, okay, now go do it. It's like we're going we're gonna to help you walk through these things, but this is just a little taste. Go spend time with God pray through these three different categories, think through verses, and then come together with your family of believers and talk through the principles. I'm gonna pray for your time. Father, we just pray that you would meet each and every person today, that you would give them clarity, that you would help them see your commands, what you say we should do, that you would help them see your goals. What do you want to accomplish in this world? And you would help them have your motives. That their heart would beat with your heart. Meet them in this hour. Show them where to go in this hour. And help them in community to discuss it in a way that lifts everyone up and benefits all. Amen. If you found this encouraging, we hope you'll subscribe or follow for more content. Or go to our website, campusfellowship.com, for other resources. Campus Fellowship is a student organization whose goal is to come alongside local churches to reach college campuses. Thanks for listening.